The reading is taken from Jeremiah chapter 31, reading verses 31 to 34. A new covenant. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Thanks be to God. The readings taken from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. The Magi visit the Messiah. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So as is our tradition, Early in the new year, we meet and renew our covenant with God. For those joining us who are not Methodists, this practice is a very peculiar Methodist one, which can be traced back to the first covenant service held by John Wesley in 1755. That first service took place in August, but it soon became the custom for the covenant renewal to take place early in the year as a, a day of solemn reflection and rededication. Sometimes Methodists choose them to have this service at the start of September, at the beginning of the Methodist New Year, as we can't even do that in line with everybody else, unless, of course, you're a teacher. 
And it's a little bit like making New Year's resolutions. Although my track record on those are a little sketchy, to say the least. A few years ago, I made the resolution to stop making New Year's resolutions. And it's the only one I've managed to keep so far. Before this, the resolutions I made were generally about eating healthier or losing a bit of weight. But this was usually broken by New Year's Day with a Chinese takeaway and forgotten about by the 2nd of January. But I don't do this anymore, as I think guilt is not a good way to start the new year. Nowadays, I like to pick a word, a word that I continue to reflect on throughout the year. The first year I did this, I chose the word breathe. And I did manage to keep breathing that year, so that's good. I chose this word because I had the tendency to live life at full pelt and not stopping to take a breath. And apparently I've done this ever since I was a child. My mum said that I never stopped from the minute I woke up to the time I ultimately relented and fell asleep, moving from one thing to the next at breakneck speed. After a while, I eventually tired myself out so much I'd sleep for nearly a day. This is what they call nowadays ADHD. But back in the 70s, they called it pain in the arse. But the thing is, this has led me in later life to burn out and suffer from depression and anxiety attacks. Therefore, my word was to remind me that in my business, that I needed to stop, take a breath and take time to be. And I have to say, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm learning slowly. My word last year was present. <clears throat> this was an attempt to be present in the moment and not to dwell on past failures and the things that weigh heavy on my heart, not to be anxious about the future and the things I have no control over, but to be present here, now, in this time and place. And to be reminded that God is present here with me too. This year, my word is change. Because if 2020 has taught us one thing, it's that we cannot continue to, in the same way that we did before the COVID pandemic. It has taught us that we need each other, that we are hardwired to live in community, and that our individualistic approach to society is inadequate, to say the least. The gift of life, the gift of our friends and families, the gift of God's creation is far too precious to squander. The thing is, in order to change, we need to make a conscious choice to live a different way. And that's difficult because, as the saying goes, old habits die hard. Learning new ways as we get older, and especially as 2021 marks a big birthday for me, which has got a zero in it. Well, it's tough, as we have to give away part of ourselves and take a new path. The Magi in our Epiphany reading today gives us a little insight into this. They left behind the familiar, 
their normal way of life to follow a new star. A light in the sky that would take them on a journey, a spiritual journey, in order to arrive at somewhere unknown. And in the process, they encounter God. To go further in our spiritual life requires getting off our familiar home territory to go to new places. And that is a challenge. How many of us are willing to move away from the places where we feel safe and comfortable in order to draw close to Jesus? Isn't one of the problems with the church the fact that too many of us just want to keep everything familiar and cosy? But Jesus calls us on an adventure. As disciples of Jesus, we must be willing to go on a pilgrimage. Disciples risk leaving their home territory and to venture somewhere new as part of our longer journey to the new Jerusalem. It goes right back in our heritage to Abraham when he was called to leave his homeland. It's there in the incarnation of Jesus who left heaven to make home on earth. We see it here in the account of the Magi. Why then do we not see it so much in the life of today's church? Might this new year and our renewal of the covenant be the time when we finally take part in our Christian inheritance and take it seriously? And the Magi also understood the significance of giving. I think some of us have trouble with the gifts of the Magi. They are so ex expensive and excessive. Perhaps we don't want to be challenged to give so extravagantly. So we resort to ancient explanations that the gold symbolises Jesus' kingship, the frankincense, his priestly role, and the myrrh, his death. We do so despite Matthew never claiming that meaning at all, and despite none of the major commentaries seriously entertaining that interpretation. But perhaps the key to understanding this example of devotion is not the contents, but the container. Not the gifts, but the treasure box they came in. The Magi, in verse 11, opened their treasure chests. And I think that this is the call to us too. What are our treasure chests? What are the things we treasure the most? They might be money, possessions, talents, or a whole lot of other things. Our treasures may well not be gold, frankincense and myrrh, but they are aspects of our lives that are inordinately precious to us. But are we willing to lay them down before Jesus. I believe that this is something well worth thinking about as we make our commitment again this year in the words of the covenant prayer. Our treasures may not be money, talents or possessions. They may be people or ambitions or dreams that we have for our lives or for others. All these we bring to the feet of Christ and say, here is all that is most precious to me. I offer it to you. Use it as you will.
that was that is what made the magi so different herod was desperate to clutch tightly to onto what he considered to be rightly his the chief priests and the scribes had great intellectual gifts but those talents were not offered to the king of the jews the true king of the jews there are ways in which our church communities are mixtures of many herods and chief priests and scribes and the magi we have little herods who secretly find jesus a threat to their whole way of life we have priests and scribes who are full of religious knowledge but empty when it comes to challenging injustice but we also have the magi people who may not be the likely suspects but who are actually more committed to jesus christ than anyone else but in truth each one of us is probably a mixture of all three sometimes we are hostile to what jesus wants of us sometimes we are completely indifferent and sometimes thankfully we are just as passionate for christ as the magi were so let us identify these different aspects in ourselves in this covenant service so that we may put aside our herodly tendencies and our priestly and scribal complacency in order that we might renew our commitment to listen to God's will and to follow the best way we know how to pursue the pilgrim path even if that means going far away from what we would call home and to offer our treasures and devotion at the feet of Christ May that be our attitude in our hearts as we say together the words of our covenant prayer today. Amen.